Okay, mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, yeah, let's get it. Okay, so if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Everybody, welcome to Adventures in Black Cinema, your passport to black film. My name is Desmond Thorne, and I will be your host and your film aficionado for the day. I am so excited to be here with you, and I just want to throw a shout out to all of my listeners, all of you in the audience. I've thanked y'all so many times, and I'd like to thank y'all again. You are all amazing. Just thank you for listening to the show every week. And I have some news. So I think I've said a few times on the show that I work at a movie theater called Nighthawk Cinema in Prospect Park, Brooklyn. And you may know that movie theaters are now open in New York City, so we're open again. And it's been really interesting. I think people were unsure if folks were ready to get back to the movie theaters, but I mean, after not being able to do it for a year, folks are ready to be back. And honestly, as tough as it is to get back into the job, to get back into the flow of the job after not having done it for a year, it's really great to see people back in a movie theater enjoying themselves, you know, Hopefully things will stay safe and people will do the right thing and just be safe and be smart and be considerate of others so that this can continue. Because I've been watching movies for a year on my TV and movies are good. If the movie is good, it still hits on your TV, but it does not hit quite like seeing it in a theater, especially if it's well shot, it's got some great sound on it. So, you know, I'm happy that we're back. And yeah, I just hope folks can be safe and really care about others, their fellow audience members, and us who are working there. Please be considerate of us. So this week, greetings from New Orleans, Louisiana. We will be taking an adventure in fun and friendship, and we will be getting into the nitty-gritty of the incredible comedy, Girl's Trip. But first, some gay shit. Now you want to talk about reading? Let's talk about reading. So you know that at some point on some gay shit, always we have to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, though RuPaul can be a somewhat polarizing and a bit problematic figure these days, 
it is at the same time undeniable what she has done in terms of visibility for the queer community and in terms of visibility for these wonderful Black queens that we've had on the show throughout the years and especially the past couple of years. I mean, last year, season 12's winner was Jada Essence Hall and we love her. And then All Stars, the winner was Shea Coulee and she's also amazing. So in speaking of, like we talked about in our Icons and Imperfections episode, There are some icons that we have to look at with a critical lens and also, you know, appreciate the things that they have done. So I would like to talk about these amazing Black queens that we have on the show this season. The ones that have been eliminated so far, Tamisha Iman, who I love so much. She was on this show while recovering from cancer. Just a badass, boss-ass bitch. I hope that she's back for All Stars. I loved her so much. We had Lala Ree, who was so much fun. Not always the best looks, but when she had to lip sync, she always gave it her all and just really put on a show. And then we have the two that are still on the show. We have Olivia Lux, who is just so cute, so charming. I think she started off a bit stronger than she's doing on the show right now, but I still believe that she can make the top four if she takes the notes that the judges are giving her because her looks are usually really, really good. I think sometimes she just gets in her head and doesn't necessarily know all of who she is yet, but I think her story has been absolutely inspiring over the course of the season. And speaking of this season, this season has felt like it's been lasting forever, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I do love this show. And the Black Queen, who I think has a huge chance at winning this season, is Miss Simone. I love Simone so, so much. This queen is so unapologetically Black, in terms of her looks on the runway, in terms of her acting challenges, just in terms of everything that she does. And I love that so much. I love when queens can use their art as activism. There was one look that she did on the runway that when she turned around, it kind of like a popish look in a way. She turned around and her headpiece said, say their names. And I fucking loved that. When she did Snatch Game, which is an epic challenge on Drag Race every season, where the queens have to impersonate someone on a version of the match game, Simone was Harriet Tubman. And I think she fucking killed it. She was so funny. Harriet is Harriet. Oh. Tuppen. Hi, Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. I see all this room full of white people up here now. I got nerves. Yeah, well, I can understand that. When you hear I'm coming, you got to get low. Yes, but you've evaded the white folks for I a long time. I've them for years yeah. on the Underground Railroad. Now. But here for the Snatch Game, babe. Yes, it's all for a good cause. It's all for a good cause. Yes. Sabrina! <laughs> Are the celebrities ready? Uh, okay. <laughs> it looks like Harriet Tubman is validating some parking. Harriet, do you have a stamp? Let me tell you what they did to me up in this motherfucking country. Oh, what have they done? Okay, they done told me I was gonna be put on the $20 bill. And then yeah. this motherfucker got in the office and said, oh, we gonna snatch that. Oh. So you know what I did? What? I just put myself on a $100 bill. How about oh. that, man? <laughs> Harriet Tubman, she keeps it 100. <laughs> okay, 
Oh my God. It was just so great. And I just love that she brings that to everything that she does. They've also had really great conversations about Black Lives Matter during this season that have been especially touching and really good to see. Because I think sometimes Rue and her blackness don't always, aren't always seen together, if that makes sense. And I think it's really important for the show and for her to always speak up about these issues. So I've appreciated when she's done that. And Miss Simone, I really hope she wins. Another person who I think could win is the first trans male queen on the show. Her drag name is Gottmik, and she is also just absolutely wonderful, gorgeous, just such an artist through drag, and I love it, love it, love it. And it's also worth noting that the choreographer on Drag Race, who does a lot of the choreography challenges, his name is Jamal Sims, and Jamal Sims did the choreography for Girls Trip. There is a few dance moments in the film. So I love that connection. You know, everything is always connected. And I love Drag Race. I am very interested to see who wins. I think it's going to be Miss Simone, but we shall see. And if you haven't seen Simone's looks, if you haven't heard of Simone, she also did a BAPS look, which I love, you know, throwing a shout out to some black cinema. And I always say this, but I have to do BAPS on this show one day. So I just love, I love, love, love Simone. And I just want the best for her always. So if you are not caught up on this season of Drag Race, catch the fuck up, watch it. It's wonderful. And root for Simone. Yay! You are here for one reason. One reason only. To learn. To learn. To learn. Girls Trip was released in 2017. It was directed by Malcolm D. Lee. And I think it's important to note that in 2017, Universal had two huge black hits on their hands with this film and Get Out. These were the two highest grossing films that year. And I thought, honestly, both of them deserved lots of awards buzz. Get Out got more of the buzz, and I think that there are reasons behind that, you know, since there are links to black trauma in that film, and it is a horror film, even though horror films don't get a lot of respect either from the Academy and from awards, comedy, really good comedy, honestly, gets less, which is crazy to me, but I think both films were equally deserving of the praise and the money that they got and the success that they saw. So big ups to both of these films and big ups to Universal for backing both of these mega, huge, wonderful hits. So a summary of Girls Trip, this brilliant comedy follows a group of four best friends known as the Flossy Posse. And these women are played by an incredible cast. We have Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith and Tiffany Haddish. And this film follows the Flossie Posse's legendary weekend at Essence Fest in New Orleans after not seeing each other for five years. 
Ryan, played by Regina Hall, is a successful media personality branded as the next Oprah, whose next big deal hangs in the balance because of her cheating ass ex football player husband, played by Mike Coulter, who you may recognize from the show Luke Cage. We also have Sasha, who's played by Queen Latifah, who is a gossip columnist who is quickly going broke and wonders if she should use the gossip of Ryan's marriage that is falling apart to pay her own bills. Then we have Lisa, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who used to be the fun one of the group, but since having two kids and going through a divorce, she's had some trouble letting loose, to which all of the ladies want to help solve her man problems. And last but not least, we have Dina, played by Tiffany Haddish, who is a fiercely loyal friend, almost to a fault, and she just wants to have the time of her life with her girls and hopefully fuck P. Diddy along the way. This film also stars Lorenz Tate, who it has been proven has amazing chemistry with everyone. His main love interest in this film is Regina Hall eventually, but even when he's with the other members of the Flossy Posse as just like a general friend, he has wonderful chemistry with them. And it's cool to see a little reunion here between him and Jada Pinkett. You know, they were in Menace to Society together. So I think that's really cool to see. Uh, we have Kate Walsh in this movie, who is so funny as the stereotypical white woman who just wants to be in with the girls, who is liberal but says things that are offensive in a way that's liberal funny. You know what I mean? She's not saying racist ass shit that some liberal people be saying that is actually very offensive. It's more like, mm, girl, don't say that. Just don't say that. Just don't be that way. Regina Hall has a great scene with her early on where she explains this before she meets the Flossy Posse. And yeah, Kate Walsh plays Ryan's agent. So I think that's a great role for her to be in. She is very funny and she brings that. We also have Kofi Cerebo who is ha, oh. ha, 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 He is so hot. Oh, my God. He plays a love interest for Jada Pinkett Smith's character. And, oh, my Lord. It's just like, you know, the grapefruiting scene. I think this is a scene that everyone's familiar with. So Dina tells Lisa that there's a technique called grapefruiting in which you cut out a grapefruit. <laughs> what you want to do is you get a grapefruit, right? Okay. And you cut both ends off mm -hmm. as so. Then you cut <clears throat> a hole in the middle like this, like a nice little tunnel. And then you place that on his penis like this. Oh, okay. Like that. Oh. Right? Now you want to squeeze and twist and suck, so then it feels like he's getting fucked and sucked on at the same time. It's like this. What? Choke just a little bit, because that make him feel like a man, like he's killing your shit. 
Now, you never, ever want to do this with a pineapple. I almost died. And uh, this is the way, this is the way. <laughs> Simply put. So Lisa tries this out on Kofi's character, who apparently has a very large penis, which, you know, whether he does or doesn't in real life, I believe it. I believe it. And so Lisa tries this and gets acid from the grapefruit into his urethra. And if you don't know what that is, that is the pee-pee hole. And of course it hurts a lot. So there is a part where he runs out of the bedroom after this has happened and you see his entire body. And it's just beautiful. I think it is all right to admire the male body. It doesn't have to always be sexualized. I'm just saying it looks good. He put in his work. He takes care of himself. That's all I'm saying. Is it sexy too? Yes, it is. We also have tons, tons, tons of cameos from musical artists and other celebrities like Diddy, Neo, Elanya Van Zandt is in this movie for a scene. And then, of course, we also have Mariah Carey at the end capping it off. Miss Beautiful MC. So some fun facts about this film. This is the first film that was all together at once, produced, directed, and written by African-American people to make over $100 million at the box office. Also, this was the first film written by an African-American female screenwriter to cross $100 million as well. I think the reason why Get Out is not included in this statistic, I'm honestly not sure that it made over $100 million in its first release. And also, there are uh, at least one white producer on that film. And this was entirely produced by black folks. Second fun fact, there are several fun film connections. Like I was saying, we have a literal union between Lorenz and Jada. There's also, of course, Queen Latifah and Jada reuniting from Set It Off. There's also, of course, references to Set It Off in the film, of course, when the ladies put the wigs on and do the dance off. And also in that scene before they do the dance off, Tiffany Haddish as Dina says to all the ladies, let's set it off. And it's great. And they, and then Queen Latifah and Jada Pickett Smith nod at each other and it makes me so happy and it's just so wonderful. Then we have Regina Hall and Queen Latifah who are both in Scary Movie 3. They do not share any scenes, but they are both in the film. And a super fun connection is that Regina Hall spoofs Jada Pinkett's death from Scream 2 in the first scary movie. That, I think, is a lot of fun. And I think that that is a full circle moment, you know, full circle moment. And I hope that they talked about that or they have talked about that at some point, because I think that that is just so much fun. And talk about the versatility of these women. We're going to get into how incredible they all are. But just think about that for a second. Think about just those two movies. Scream 2, Jada Pinkett's role in that, and how completely different it is from this. 
And also, Regina Hall's character <laughs> in the scary movie films. Don't go in there! Lord, I'm having a Damn, this is some scary shit! Oh, oh I am scared! Oh, oh, oh. Excuse me? Uh, I think I paid my money like everybody else up in here. Just incredible. And again, still funny, still a comedy, but so completely different. This is versatility. This is talent. This is the kind of shit that you cannot teach people. And that's what I'm saying about these ladies, and we will get into it. So, third fun fact, Tiffany Haddish won several Critics Awards and several other awards, such as a BET Award, a Black Reel Award, and an Image Award for her performance in this movie. A lot of people were buzzing about this role, talking about it having potential to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I think in a world where we really were looking at talent for realsies, yeah, this would have been a possibility. But like I said, the Oscars for some reason really have a beef with, of course, number one, black women, and also with comedy. You know, you can point to Whoopi Goldberg winning an Oscar for Ghost and being like, that's a comedic role. Yes, it is a comedic role, but she's in a white world. She's not the only black person in that movie, but the movie is about a white person, so it got through. It slipped under the cracks. This is about black people, 100%, to the point where there really is only, like, two white people in this movie. So it's different. And I think also as well... There are a lot of moments in this movie that there's different degrees of comedy in this movie. And there's lots of moments in this movie that can be considered crude humor. And these Oscar voters are so fucking stuck up that they can't see how smart some of that shit is and how liberating some of that shit is. Specifically for this movie, specifically for a movie starring all black women. But again, we'll get into that. Kind of getting ahead of myself here. And of course, we can't talk about Tiffany Haddish without talking about her amazing Grammy win a few weeks ago. She won Best Comedy Album, and she found out on the set of Kids Say the Darndest Things, and what she had to say was so inspiring and kind of made me emotional myself. For me, I'm just happy with being nominated, personally. I've won, that I've been means... nominated a couple times. You say, what? Been so, no, you've been nominated a couple of times. Yeah, I've been nominated a couple of times for some things. But I just and won I a Grammy. love. I just what? You just won a you Grammy. I just love being nominated. Because... I just I just won a Grammy. No. I just are you are you serious? I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. I mean, wait wait wait. You see y'all see this thing in my ear? Y'all see this in my ear? Tell them all you just won a Grammy. Congratulations. You just won the best comedy album. Y'all serious? I'm serious. There's no lie. This is for real. I really won. You know, a black woman has a hasn't won in that category since 1986. 
Yes, I learned that from Black History. Yeah, Black, Black Woman Black hasn't won for Best Comedy Album since Whoopi Goldberg. Can I tell you why I'm crying? Why? It's a lot of bumpy roads that you cross, right? And it's a lot of times you feel like, well, am I doing the right thing? Is this really, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Am I strong enough to do this job? And then you just have to believe in yourself as much as you can. And against all odds, you just say, you know what? I'm going to just put my best foot forward and I'm going to give, give the world the best that I got, right? Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. So my first experience uh, with this film was seeing it in theaters with my friends. I saw this movie with my friends, Sarah, Joyce, and Lydia, and they were work friends of mine. It had been out for a while, and the theater was still packed to the brim. We got there a little late, so we had to sit apart from each other, like vastly apart from each other in this movie theater, but we still had such an amazing time. We saw this film at Williamsburg Cinemas, which is one of three theaters, I think, in New York that are part of this group where they somehow have, like, discounted tickets. Really, really good prices. And it's just a very basic, run-of-the-mill movie theater. And even though we set separately... We, at the end of this film, just talked about how incredibly hilarious it was and what a good time that we had. We talked about how great the cast was and how it truly lived up to the hype. It was so great to see this movie with two black female friends of mine. That felt like a very special thing and it felt like really the only way to see it. So let's get into these aspects of fun and friendship. So first of all, the performances in this movie. I was alluding to it before, but I'm gonna do a quick little breakdown of how amazing these women are and how much fun they had to be having on set. I know I've said this in the podcast before, But Regina Hall is one of the best actors, period. Period. She is so incredible in this film. I understand why there was a lot of buzz around Tiffany's performance, for sure, and why she got so many accolades. She's incredible. And at the same time, Regina Hall is giving us every single flavor possible in this film. She is funny. She is grounded. She shows us these great moments of vulnerability where she is trying to hide what she's feeling from her girls so that she can be the strong one. There are moments where she's just absolutely hilarious and you can see little bits and pieces of her broad comedy characters, like her character in the Scary Movie franchise She is just absolutely astounding and just so natural with it. Like, I love watching actors who make it look easy. When you are watching someone who is an artist or someone who does anything, honestly, but because I'm an artist, I like watching other artists. When I see artists do whatever their craft is, 
And they do it to the point where they make it look effortless and easy and seamless. And like, if you go see a dance show and these dancers are so good that you're just like, man, maybe I can go up there if I could do that shit. That is, that's a true gift. That is a beautiful gift. And man, she just brings so much heart to this character. And honestly, though this character has a lot going on, for sure, and this writing is really good, I do find on the page Ryan to be kind of the most dull character out of the four in terms of like things that she gets to do in the world of the comedy. But Regina makes the most out of every single moment because she's that good. She really makes this character very, very memorable. And even the moments where she's dealing with her husband and you're kind of like, girl, just leave his ass. She makes you understand why in certain moments she feels like she can't. And that's very important in these situations. And it makes scenes like when they do get into an argument later in the film, it makes those scenes feel very earned because you've been watching this real person kind of anchor the entire film. As colorful as the other characters are, they don't work without an anchor. And Miss Regina is the anchor. Snaps and claps, yes. Next, we have Miss Queen Latifah, who, it's very interesting. I was just talking to my roommate about how Queen Latifah has become more known as an actor, even though she really did start out on the scene as a rapper. I think she has just found herself cast in very memorable roles, like Khadijah in Living Single, her role in Chicago, which she was nominated for an Oscar for, Bringing Down the House. There's, uh, oh, and fucking Hairspray. She's actually really great in Hairspray. Uh, it's interesting because I like her a lot. I think her music is stronger overall, but she really, really works in this movie. And in all the movies I just named, I think she really works in those as well. I think it's like, she has such a strong presence within this group. And she's funny. I think that Queen is genuinely funny. I think that she really does shine in these comedic roles. Though she's really good in Bessie too. Honestly, I gotta give it to Queen. I gotta give it to Miss Latifah from Newark, New Jersey. Just a really solid performance here. And we have Jada Pinkett Smith. And the role of Lisa is absolutely perfect for her because as we were just talking about some of Jada's earlier roles, it's so perfect for her at this moment in her life as a mother of two children who are older than her kids are in this movie. To play someone who used to be like the party girl, the fun one, but now who has responsibilities and who has things to do and has like a life and things to look forward to that are different. Because, you know, having a kid does change you. It does shift your responsibilities. It does kind of shift your energy and such. And Jada handles that perfectly when she comes out wearing 
what she thinks she wants to wear to the party. And it's like, uh, what do they call her? Like a, a Puerto Rican or Dominican grandma or auntie or something. It's so funny. And she plays it so straight with such wonderful commitment. It's, it is, it is so wonderful and perfect. The casting in this movie is very smart because I don't know how many people would have thought of her for that role without thinking like a step outside of the box. Though she is these things, you don't think of Jada as being a prude. <laughs> but you give her those lines and you give her those costumes and it just clicks. And last but not least, I just talked about it, of course, before, but Tiffany Haddish as Dina. You cannot teach the ease and the charisma that Tiffany Haddish has. From the very first scene that you see Dina in, where she basically slinks her way out of getting fired for kicking a dude's ass at work for stealing her lunch, you're just glued in. I'm letting you go. Word? Word. Ah. Yeah. Good looking out there. Thanks for letting me go, man. Appreciate that. Just number water under the bridge. I'm gonna go and get back to work. No, no, there's no water and no bridge. You're fired. Why are you making me feel like I'm on The Apprentice or something? Look, I get it. You're upset. I shouldn't be throwing things in a place of work. Why are you making air quotes? This is a place of work. Lesson learned. Oh, you're so understanding. Oh, 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 by the way, I'm going to Essence Fest this weekend with my girls. We about to tire up, so I'm gonna need Friday off. <laughs> okay, uh, you can have all days off, Dina, because you no longer work here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Totally. See you bright and early Tuesday morning. Plus or minus a few oh, hours, right. depending on track. We're not, Dina? Dina, we're not done yet. Here. Yes, we are. Dina! Okay, say it. <laughs> You are glued in, you are tuned in, you are just so absorbed by Dina's energy at all times. She's just so fucking funny. She has some great lines. You ever been fucked by a ghost? She says. Oh my God. She absolutely takes me out. And these moments that I think of, when I think of these fun moments in the film, there are fun moments with all of them, of course, of course, of course. They all get their time to shine. But I would say most of the funniest moments, of course, belong to the stand-up comedian Tiffany Haddish. Oh my God, where she when she gives them all absinthe, that scene is absolutely incredible and absolutely, <laughs> gotta say, reminds me of a time that I took drugs at a music festival and I was around a lot of people for my first time of doing this thing. And I had to sit my ass down in the corner and just kinda, you know, sit there for a second, talk to myself, rock myself, you know, because I needed a moment. And that scene where Dina slips absinthe in all of the Flossy Posse's drinks and they start tripping at this club in New Orleans, it is, 
just gold, 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 gold. And it's important for moments like this and moments like when Jada Pinkett's character pees on a crowd of people on the zip line, which is just so real. It's so real. And then, of course, Dina, Tiffany Hash's character, does it after her. It's not only funny, it's real. These two, I mean, there are many, many large comedic scenes with lots of comedic beats that continue to rise and heighten off of each other. They're funny because they're real. You get to see the versatility of Black women. You don't often get to see versatility of Black women as characters in film. To see four completely different Black women exist in this film as a unit, I think is very, 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 very special. And to show them doing real shit. Real shit, crude shit, funny shit, letting them be themselves. It is such a gift. It is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing to see a movie about black women friendships, period. You know, we've talked about this. We talked about waiting to exhale and how important it is for black women to see film and television where they have each other's backs. I mean, in a world where the world is so largely against black women in so many ways, it is so important to see these portrayals of black women who have each other's backs through thick and through thin. It is just so incredible and such a lovely thing to see. And The adventures that these ladies go on make me miss adventures with my own friends so much. Oh my God, this COVID shit is so dusty. It's funny, I really wanted to go to New Orleans with some friends of mine last year. Thought that was gonna be really cute, you know, around my 30th birthday, but that shit didn't happen. Ugh. I miss it. I miss it so much. I used to go to music festivals with my friends, concerts with my friends, and I was getting to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm ready for some more, like, friend trips. I had gone on kind of a friend trip to Sundance. I was there with Shay. We didn't go there together, and Shay was also volunteering. And uh, I want, I just want... I just want more of them. And this movie made me crave them and made me remember how special they are to me. And in general, my friends. I think this film does an incredible job, again, at showing the extreme power that black female friendships have and hold. And it also shows us that friendships are hard. I think it's very important that this film starts off showing us that the Flossie Posse has not seen each other for five years. I think maintaining friendships as you get older gets harder, especially when people move away from each other, when people get married, when people have kids, when people kind of move forward with their lives. I think it's something that people 
kind of generally accept, but still feels sad. You know, it's not without emotion that this happens. And this film does a good job at showing that friendships are hard, too, in terms of the careers that they have going on, specifically the conflict between Ryan and Sasha, which are Regina Hall and Queen Latifah's characters. They kind of both have these careers that are in the spotlight, and they're kind of opposing each other, right? And of course, Sasha can't see why at all Ryan is still with her husband who's just cheating on her and dogging her. So there's conflict there. And I think it's important to note, and I I love that this film does so much, is that that conflict is born out of love. It seems, I think, at first that it could be born out of a bit of a jealousy. And there is part of the conflict that Sasha and Ryan were supposed to start a publication together, but they went their own separate ways. And I think it's hard sometimes when you have a friendship to not take things that have to do with your career personally with each other. And I love that this film ends with them remedying that, right? Along with seeing films about Black female friendships, I think it's important to see what happens when there is conflict and how you can still maintain a friendship when there is conflict and when things are kind of fraught sometimes, you know? I think that's a very important lesson in the film, and I think it's a very important lesson that your friends are so important to be there for when your loved ones or your partners aren't there for you, and also when you don't believe in yourself, having your friends to be there, to believe in you, and to hold you up and treat you like the queen that you are, and to remind you that you're a badass bitch, you need people like that in your life. I think you need people like that in your life more than you do a lifelong romantic companion. I really, really, really do. And that's something that I have come to a conclusion on in my own life. You know, I think I've talked a lot about my ups and downs with the romantic life at different points on the podcast. And this film is a great reminder that maybe that is not always what should be focused on. You know, that your peoples, the ones who really have your back and have had your back kind of regardless, like those are the people you want to keep in your life. And that can be even hard for me sometimes too. My friendship patterns are kind of weird. They're inconsistent, I should say. I guess I would say that the friends that I've had from college, I'm still pretty close with. Some of them live pretty far away from me, so I don't see them as much as I'd like. But I would say that A lot of my writer dies from college I still have pretty consistent communication with, which is nice because before that, I would have new best friends every single year of school. Every single year of school. No doubt about it. From kindergarten to, I guess I had consistent friends in high school, kind of, but Not to toot my own horn, in high school, I was just kind of friends and cool with everybody for the most part. So it was kind of nice to develop a rapport with college friends and with work friends. But again, too, in certain work environments, like 
I was just talking about how I saw Girls Trip for the first time in the movie theater with my friends Sarah and Lydia, and we were all a really big friend unit who all worked together. Sarah and I are still very good friends, but I don't think we're friends with anyone else in that group anymore. I haven't talked to any of them in such a long time. And part of that is because of an actual real rift that happened between people. But I think some of that, too, is sometimes when people are not with you, they can kind of be a little out of sight and out of mind. And... That's why we need friend trips back. (laughs) That's why we need to get folks. I mean, it's not the only reason why, but it's one of the reasons why we need to get folks vaccinated. We need to keep on keeping on with the safe safety measures with COVID so that we can stay healthy and that these numbers can go down because these things are part of life. Our friendships, they are such an important part of life. And doing crazy shit with our friends is such an important part of life. I think it's a very essential part of life. And the way that that is approached in this film is partially why I think this film is a masterpiece. And we were speaking about how men are many times not great at writing female characters. And I think the combination of Kenya Barris and Tracy Oliver with writing these women is absolutely incredible. I think you really do, like I was saying before, get the versatility of all of these women being in this group together. And Tracy Oliver, great writer. And I think Kenya Barris is one of the few people who has one of the few men who's really nailed these groups of black women really well. I mean, this dude created girlfriends. It's insane. He's he's got he's got a knack for it. He's really got a knack for it. And them working together and combining forces with these amazing women have come together to write a film about just essential shit that's needed in life. I think sometimes we are so work, work, work that we forget about the essential nature of having fun with our girls. So in conclusion, this film is pretty much a masterpiece of modern comedy. The script is sharp. The jokes are great. They allow for different kinds of humor in this film, crude as well as smart. And I think that that is just real. And I think it is so important to see comedies that star women that allow them to be gross and nasty and disgusting. It's real. It is also heartwarming. This film is heartwarming in a way that doesn't feel forced at all. It never veers off track. This ensemble is truly legendary, and they all balance each other out beautifully and all give truly excellent performances where they each have moments to shine. Girls Trip, to me, is a must-see. It still slaps after all these years. And Girls Trip is available to rent on Amazon and Apple TV, so check it out. All my life I had to fight 
The time has come for the You Better Act Award. Yes, yes, yes. It is my fave. And if you don't know, the You Better Act Award is an award that I give out every week on the show to a performance or performances that I think are just absolutely stellar. And I want to celebrate them. There's nothing I love more than an excellent, excellent performance. So this week's You Better Act Award goes to, drumroll please... The cast of The Carmichael Show. So I think I've talked about this before at some point, but The Carmichael Show was a show, a sitcom, that was created by Gerard Carmichael, who is a stand-up comedian. And this show was essentially about Gerard, who plays Gerard, as he tries to figure out the balance between his life with his girlfriend who was living with him, as well as his family. And this cast is incredible. First of all, you obviously have Gerard Carmichael playing Gerard. Then you have Lil Rel playing Gerard's brother. And you have Loretta Devine and David Allen Greer playing his parents. You have Tiffany Haddish playing Nikisha, who is Lil Rel's ex-wife. And then we also have Amber Stevens-West, who plays Maxine, who is Gerard's girlfriend. This is one of the last examples that I can think of, of a sitcom that has the live in front of a studio audience vibe to it that really, really works for me. I mean, it's genuinely funny, and it also has heart in it, which I think is a very important ingredient to these sitcoms. And it's also black. Like, it really harkens back to those days where we had, you know, Sister, Sister, Fresh Prince, Family Matters, all of these really, really great sitcoms of this brand that were just so dope and always reminded us in various ways to hold our heads high and be proud of who we are and that we're fucking funny and that we don't need trauma to be part of our storylines. Loretta Devine and David Allen Greer are just absolutely perfect, perfect, perfect. They play so well together. There are some things that Loretta Devine says that remind me of my mom, obviously a much more judgmental version of my mom. And also, actually, Dave Allen Greer kind of reminds me of my dad a little bit, too. They just really hit the nail on the head with these black parents. And the pairing of Lil Rel and Tiffany Haddish is absolutely fucking brilliant. First of all, obviously, we were just talking about Girls Trip, a very successful black film of 2017. And Lil Rel was also in Get Out, a very successful film in 2017. So this was part of the rise of these two wonderful actors. And they just absolutely slay. Just an absolutely excellent pairing. I mean, these two also play off each other so well. It's beautiful and brilliant to watch. And also... Amber really holds it down as Maxine. Amber and Gerard really do more of the 
straight manning, as they say in the comedy world. They have less of the jokes. They're the more grounded characters. I think that's a better term for it. They're the more grounded characters. And they're really wonderful. They get to still be funny even in this grounded sense. And they make a lovely couple. And there's so many great, great biracial jokes in the show via the family. And I think it kind of opens up this conversation that we have in the black community about the biracial experience. It's just great. And it's not at the expense of her being biracial. So I think this is a really wonderful show. It's a quick show to get through. The show was on for three seasons and it could have gone on longer, but Gerard wanted to end the show because he wanted to do other things. And this cast got so busy. I mean, this is all superstars. So check out The Carmichael Show. It's very much worth your time. It is Wonderful, 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 wonderful. And it is now streaming on Hulu. So in closing, some food for thought for today. What have you missed most about your friends and being with your friends during the COVID-19 pandemic? Comment on our Instagram post at Adventures in Black Cinema. Follow us at Adventures in Black Cinema on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple and give us a rating. Let us know what you think about the show. Follow us on Spotify. Thank you so much, per usual, to the team. We have Matt Mozzarella on audio. We have Cindy Edward, who is our production assistant. And we have Miss Amanda Seals, our executive producer. Next week, we will be coming back to Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith because we're getting into the nitty gritty of Set It Off. And I will have a guest with me to discuss this film. I will have Lene DePriest, who is a wonderful comedian in New York City. I am so excited to talk to them about this film. So thrilled. So I will see y'all next week for us to set it off. Stay safe, stay black, and stay blessed. Thank y'all so much. Great.